Welcome to the Equipped Podcast, where we dive deep into the world of business and entrepreneurship. Each episode, we will bring you insightful interviews with entrepreneurs and business owners who are making waves in the marketplace. From sales strategies to marketing innovations, leadership insights, and effective lead generation, this is your go-to source for staying ahead in the business game. Now let's get equipped for success and get to today's episode. Before we get into today's episode of the Equipped Podcast, I want to take this time and give a shout out to our two exclusive sponsors of today's show, Prospects and Mint Leads. Both of these organizations focus on lead generation and getting you qualified leads on your calendar that can convert to new business. And if you are running a business and you are finding yourself constantly in the hunt for growth opportunities... The key often lies in having access to qualified leads, and that's where our sponsors come in. Prospects is a LinkedIn marketing organization that helps you with qualified leads, but then helps you create content that convert. The team at Mint Leads helps you with your emails. They help you get your emails opened and in front of the right people at the right time. If you would like more information about either of these organizations, head over to goprospect.com and schedule a call today. That's G-O-P-R-O-S-P-E-X.com. Now let's get to today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to yet another episode of the Equipped Podcast. This is your host, Lane Taylor, and if you are all about peak performance, if you want to perform better, If you want to supercharge your network, you're going to want to listen to this episode. You're going to want to maybe go on a run, maybe go on a walk, because the energy of who I have on the show today has brought me energy. We are filming this later in the afternoon after Super Bowl Sunday. Everyone's been up late. My guest has been up late probably. I've been up. She's a Kansas City fan, and she's already brought it. I'm excited. I wish I had a lot of the episode recorded before we hit record, but on today's show, we have a leader, a coach, a speaker, an author, Colleen Biggs. Welcome to the Equipped Podcast. How are you? Oh, Lane, I'm like feeling great, man. Every day is a dream. That's all I got to say. I feel great. I'm excited. I was one of three people in the room last night that were going for Kansas City Chiefs. Everybody else was for the Niners. So, uh, But I didn't mind standing out at all and rooting for my team. So I was there till the end and more and then some you know past the the post game so it was really great were you in the crowd with 49er fans or was I was Ah. I was it was part of my own family and all of their friends were gathered so it was one of my little grandsons who's six years old and my husband and I were the big Chiefs fans so he made a little crown that had a Chiefs rally hat so we just said you got to wear the rally hat because it's good luck and uh we were teaching him a little bit about the game too, so it was a lot of fun. We had a we had a lot of fun. Did you eat some good food? Yeah, no. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say that Super Bowl food is not for my tummy. I eat really clean. I eat a lot of proteins, no carbs, no sugars. Uh, you know, it's just part of who I am as a person, and and wanting to live to 106 years old. And so there was just nothing to eat that was going to give me the stamina that I needed. I did bring fruit. 
uh, and some fruit dip that was made with some Greek yogurt. So I pretty much stuck to that all night. But I will tell you that I was deprived of the things I really needed because there were no salads in the house that, you know, nothing that was going to give me like the protein sources I needed because there was brisket and I don't know, bacon wrapped onion rings. And they love that stuff. That's great. I don't eat that stuff. So I'm boring. <laughs> Not boring, just a high performer. That's why you're on. I am. There you go. So tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, what it is that you do, and then we'll get into everything. Oh, I would love to. Thank you for giving me this platform, Lane, to share that on. So just like many of your listeners, probably, I had a previous life before entrepreneurship where I supported entrepreneurs um, and have been doing that for 20 years. I was in corporate America for 30 years total. Um, and my husband didn't believe me the other day. We had this conversation. I said, no, honey, really. From the time I was eight, my parents like beat it in us physically, uh, actually, that we had to have jobs. And so I was delivering the penny saver at eight years old. And then I was delivering a paper route before school and we had no help. We would get up in the morning, dark, go get the papers, do all that, and then get to school and go collect a dollar. You know, the back then it was a dollar. So I've pretty much my, my work ethic has been pretty solid from the time I was eight years old. You would think I'd retire, but when you retire, you expire. So that's not a thing in our household. Uh, and so in corporate America, I was so lucky to really fall into a position where I was able to lead and guide entrepreneurs that were opening brand new businesses. And I, I loved it. I learned anything from lease negotiation to uh, brick and mortar design to construction, uh, training, sales, marketing, you name it. And so um, I loved it. I really lit me up. It's something I love to do. But most of all, I love the community lane that these entrepreneurs created. They created a community around them where they would help each other, mastermind ideas, give, you know, uh, perspective. And so when I left corporate America, as a female, it was very different for me than a male in corporate America. And, and I, I hate to say that, but it's just different in the industries that I was in. As a female, many times I was the only female in the room. Uh, I actually had a guy lean over once to me, Lane, and say, so um, is your boss coming? And I said, I am the boss. <laughs> uh, that was kind of funny. Uh, he felt a little embarrassed at that point. But um, but so I say that because walking out of corporate America, I did have some arrows in my back from several women. Uh, and it really wasn't a place where I felt I could trust other women to uh, to guide me, to be my sponsor, my mentor. So I had a lot of men that were my mentors, which I am so, so, so grateful for. But I wanted to create a place for female entrepreneurs like all of those business owners had done. So that's why I created the Leap Community. It's where women can really be seen and be heard and and uh, they can collaborate and build their social capital to supercharge their network like you talked about, which in the end, by the way, skyrockets your net worth. Any high performing habit you have, the people around you, the type of social construct you put in place, all of that matters just like a quarterback and his team is how they win a Super Bowl. It's really no different. Amen. Amen. And I highly endorse this conversation just because it coming from corporate America, I was in it for 12 years and saw that I had a lot of leaders in female roles that have gone out and done very successful things in the entrepreneurial world too. We followed a lot, followed along their journeys. And so I'm excited to have this conversation 
my first question would be like, why do you think that female entrepreneurs, maybe they don't think that they can be high performers? Like, why do you think that stigma is? Okay, so I think that there's a difference between females in corporate America and females as entrepreneurs. I have seen, uh, felt this for 30, 35 years. Female entrepreneurs, um, they're really wanting to be collaborative. Females are very collaborative beings. We're nurturers. We're collaborative. That's why when we're like going to the restroom, we say, hey, you got to go to the restroom. Men don't take other men to the bathroom, but women will take other women to the bathroom. Like we're collaborators and we love to collaborate. When you're in corporate America, you know, back many, many, many years ago, especially, there were very few positions in a lot of these businesses for women in hierarchy and, you know, executive, executive ship. So women were like, it was like, there was only one position. So instead of fighting, you know, uh, each other, they would fight each other for the spots instead of like, Hey, why don't we make two of those spots? Right. May we weren't always really making those decisions. So I see that the females are very collaborative when they're entrepreneurs, because again, we can also construct who we're around, uh, there's a lot of women's groups you can be part of. Now, moving to what you said about the peak performer. I'm probably, this is a very controversy and probably a lot of people aren't going to like what I have to say, but it's honestly the truth. We choose just like you choose. You got up this morning very early after going to bed at three in the morning to have your calls and do your day and show up full of energy for the day, no matter what that looks like. I believe it's a choice every day to choose to be a peak performer. You have to put specific habits in place. You have to protect certain time that's yours, that is for reading or journaling or, or affirmations or goal setting or learning um, or moving your body and exercising and, and putting healthy things into your body. I believe it's a choice. So I don't believe it's that there's a pushback. I believe that it takes effort, time, and energy and many people will overlook that thinking, oh, well, I don't have to set my alarm. I'm an entrepreneur. I can start working at any time I want. Well, it's funny because I happened to get the Miracle Morning as a gift from a friend of mine. And I read the book and I thought, this is what I've been doing for years in my life. And I'm so glad he wrote this book because it's absolutely true. It creates success. So if you want me to be frank, I think people are lazy. It's a choice. Amen. Amen. That is such a, I love that. It's people are, especially in the entrepreneur world, um, you, you can, if you don't, if you don't watch it, you can sleep until eight o'clock, but then again, you can uh, have those high performance habits. Recently, I would say the past two or three months, I will say that I've really made it personally myself a dedication that I, uh, a friend of mine, that he's an entrepreneur too, we show up every single morning on the beach and we go out and we swim and get in the cold water, the cold ocean, you know, every single morning and we haven't missed a beat. And both of us, since we've been doing that, we have felt better. We've performed. We've had, we just feel better throughout the entire day. You get on a routine and it really has made a complete difference. And so I want to go back just a little bit. So when you were in corporate America and you wanted to then go out and be an entrepreneur, walk the listeners through that journey a little bit, because I will tell you, 
I had the pleasure of interviewing entrepreneurs and business owners, and I can just tell no, um, I'm going to say no, how do I say this? Like n- nothing against corporate, but I could tell you are a better entrepreneur than you probably were in corporate because you're, you, <laughs> you are built differently. So walk the listeners a little bit why you wanted to do that. Yeah, I like to move very quick on decision-making. I feel the fastest path to wealth is speed. Um, And I got to a point in my position where I felt that my home was with the business owners. And when I was with them, when I traveled around to visit them, when I spent time with them and their teams, I was like in my happy place, so happy. But then when I came back into the corporate office, it just felt like there were so many hurdles and egg shells I had to walk on and people's feelings and this this way of doing things. You got to pass that through this person. And why haven't we done this? I remember one time, and I know this is going to sound crazy to the listeners, but they, they just kept the budgets every year. We're like, okay, we need to hit these numbers, you know, sell this many open this many businesses. And I kind of had this epiphany at one point and I said, they're asking us to do all this, but all the resources that I proposed for us to do it with, which were different than what we were doing before, would would hopefully get us there, but they're turning them down. So essentially they're asking us to do more with the exact same resources we had last year, which if you ask me, that's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So I got together with the IT team and a couple other people and I teamed up with them and I said, are you guys seeing these numbers? I'm a numbers girl. So I go straight to the numbers. I look at the numbers, look at what it's going to take, look at the end result and say, unless there's a miracle in between here and there, that's not going to work. And so we did. I said, can you guys bring up the numbers? Let's do some spreadsheet. I had the finance company backing me too. That was probably not the best idea Um, because when I presented it, about what we all presented it equally. I didn't want to just be the one to stand out, but I was kind of leading the charge because I wanted to see change lane. I knew we were not going to get anything done differently unless we were going to embrace the change. They did not want that. And it was very clear. And I knew at that moment I was butting myself up against a wall constantly and it was never going to change. That doesn't mean that I'm the end-all be-all and I had all these great ideas. But in my mind, I just felt like, is this what it's going to be like forever? And when I would come home, I'd be very upset. Uh, I would cry a lot. I would tell my husband, like, I'm not happy. I just feel like I'm wasting away. You know, I love being with entrepreneurs, but this this whole, you know, office thing's just not working for me anymore. I don't feel like I have friends around me, the CEO that was really my mentor had retired. And and I just didn't feel anymore like I had a place to grow like I was before. That is when I decided I was looking at myself outside looking in. This isn't going to work for me anymore. I literally do not recommend this. I did not have a solid, solid plan but I had been talking with another person which came, became my business owner, decided that we were going to start the community. I came up with the name, you know, came up with all of, we had already started it, everything. I was going to launch a, a magazine. I was going to launch a radio show. Uh, we were going to get out there and do all of these, you know, luncheons and get women together and start this kind of movement for women. And um, so I just took the leap. And I left 
And I'll tell you that my husband and a couple of my kids were like, you're crazy. <laughs> well, you're not leaving your job, like your career. Actually, if you would have asked me three years before, I'd have been diehard corporate, never leaving. This is my life. Then I realized I was literally giving like 16 hours a day to a company that was not pouring back into me. And if I'm giving that many hours, I want to pour into people that I can make a difference. And I think it took me so long to leave Lane because I, I felt such loyalty to my clients. And I just felt like, man, leaving them, it's I feel like I'm abandoning them. So I had conversations with a lot of them and they were all so supportive and you need to go and this is perfect for you. And, you know, you need to get out there and do what you do and support more people like us. And um, so that made me feel really good. Um, and when you have that spirit where you know, like, whatever it's going to take, I'm just going to create money out of thin air, which is what entrepreneurs do. You just do it. Like, you don't think about it. You just do it. And I knew it was just on me to make it happen. So I did. And um, not saying it was easy. Uh, my, I never once have had a day that my alarm clock wasn't set. I'll tell you that. Never once. Wow. My alarm clock's always set. I'm always ready. And I didn't always have my routines then because back in corporate I didn't. And it's been the books that I've read, Think and Grow Rich, right? To me, that's like a Bible for <laughs> business. I've been inspired by T. Harv Eckerd. There's so many authors i'm so thankful for the books they write that inspire us as business owners to have a different perspective to be motivated to be fueled to be educated um in a lot of areas that could take years to learn right college whatever unless you're going to be an attorney or an engineer or a doctor i don't know why anyone goes to college anymore um we have one child out of all of them that had graduated asu that actually uses their degree as an engineer the rest of them, no, it was a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, the whole college conversation is a whole nother spiel. And, and whole nother yeah, show. He has a whole nother spiel. But when you, so you, okay, you walked in, you left the corporate, you started the community, you had the vision. Did you have the vision? Did you know exactly what it was just kind of be like, you know what, I'm going to throw this on the spaghetti and see what happens? Uh, no, I had the vision. I had the business plan. You see, I've been working with business owners launching performas and business plans and projections and capital. So I did not walk out with nothing. So I had the plan. I had the performa. I had the projections. I had all of that. And then um, and then you just go after it, right? So I had the plan. I had the partner. Um, I had people that I was working with. And, you know, I think, uh, how do I say this? I was afraid to do it by myself. I think that's the first time I've ever said that out loud. So I brought on business partners, which eventually turned into no business partners today. Um, started with two. Why were you afraid? I didn't know I was afraid. Um, it, it wasn't until I had a business partner, two business partners, because I thought, okay, well, you have strengths here. I have strengths here. You have strengths here. This will be great. And then it kind of came down to like, well, wait a minute, I'm doing all the work and no one's really. And then then two business partners were like, OK, we don't need this other business partner. And that person's too busy doing their own thing. And so we're going to do it. And then and then it just became. It wasn't what I want. It wasn't my dream anymore of the way I was doing things. 
And so I decided to step down as a managing partner from that partnership. It was about the partnership, not the business I was running that I wanted to step down from. Um, and I got on the phone one day with another female who runs a female group similar to mine. And she said, if I could offer you one piece of advice is don't feel that you need a partner because I did too, because you could do it on your own and you have everything you already need. And in that moment, Lane, I was like, she's seeing something I don't see. I think that, you know, she saw that in that moment, I was probably contemplating, do I get another partner, start something else? And she was just kind of letting me know. We crossed paths at that time for her to say, you got it. You don't need anybody. And um, and I find that I'm quicker at making moves. I'm... um like more nimble, I guess is the right word. Um, but my team that I work with, we're all on board. We're all on the same page, right? That's that whole kind of um, quarterback, you know, defensive line, offensive line. Everyone has to be on the same team and know what you're doing and what calls happening at that time for a football analogy. So I love it that I've got everybody on board, you know, the team and we all move very quickly. They know me really, really well. So um, it doesn't mean that it's been easy, but when you arm yourself, that's the high performance, the peak performance habits. When you arm yourself with the habits to set your day, to set yourself up for success, to surround yourself with the people that you need to surround yourself with, it's almost like, of course, it's going to happen. Why wouldn't I go to the Super Bowl? We have everything we need to get there. Why yeah. don't Why don't individuals think that it's necessary to have those basic habits? What have you found in your journey? Why, what are some of the excuses? What do you think that happens when that comes up over like, they don't have any of this stuff into place? What, what do you feel like is something that, that maybe why they don't do that? Um, usually the first thing you get are excuses. So my husband and I started these water fasts after reading one of Mindy Pell's books. She's freaking awesome. And she writes the book Fast Like a Girl. Um, a friend had told me about it. And then my husband and I went on a water fast. Oh, my gosh, we felt amazing. We felt so great. And I wasn't really out preaching it, except I had a daughter who had, was having some like gastro issues and some other things. And I bought her the book. And I said, you should really try this. And she was kind of quiet about it. And one of my other daughters, I said, uh, you know, you should really try a water fast. She goes, no, I have to eat first thing in the morning. My blood levels drop. I'm hypoglycemic. Okay, well, this will probably fix that. No, it won't. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just getting this as an example. Every And then I had another lady at one of my conferences in person. I was not promoting fasting. Like I'm, I work on businesses. I, I do not promote this fasting. I was just talking to her and she said, I love what you're wearing. I said, well, this isn't what I planned on wearing, but my clothes don't fit me. Like, I'm going to have to go get my pants taken in because I lost weight. And she said, why? So my husband and I just did a water fast a couple months ago. And then I started eating ketobolic and like the weight just falls off me. You know, it's so easy. She's like, water fasting? What are you talking about? So I told her. She went and got the book. She did the water fast and texted me and said, I feel amazing. I said, how do your friends and family feel? She said, they're haters. And I said, exactly. So that's the perfect example of constructing your social circle. If they're not building you up, they're breaking you down. You need to get them out of your life. For one, I find out the entrepreneurs still have themselves surrounded with people that are breaking them down and not building them up. 
Try fighting through that every day. Could you imagine laying if your wife every day or your brother or your neighbor or your friend that doesn't, you know, didn't support you in swimming or your wife didn't support you in your business or she didn't support you in going out and swimming every morning. And every day you came home, you had to heard, you had to hear about her complaining that you went out to swim. Eventually, you'd probably stop doing it because she's not supporting that. But her supporting it, your friend being out there for accountability and supporting that you've turned around, like become happier. You Like it's proven that's cold water, by the way. So there's a lot that happens in your body with constriction and releasing and dopamines and all kinds of nervous system resets that happen in cold water, um, which is another reason why I love cold plunges and red light therapy and all of those things. So if you're not surrounding yourself with those people, then you tend to not put those habits in place. Other, how do I say this? People will find excuses in the outside world to affect them on a daily basis, and it will become everything happening to them that is more important. When you live a life that's designed for you, that's designed for your business, that's designed the way you want to live, those outside things do not affect it because they don't come into play because you've designed it. So when I go to a thing like a Super Bowl party and none of the food that's there is great for me to eat, that doesn't affect my diet because that I'm just in a place where there isn't great foods. That doesn't mean that I overindulge it and say, oh, oh, well, I'll feel sick tonight and I'll start my diet tomorrow. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. So you become very disciplined. You know what's best for your body. Um, I was on a marketer's cruise and they were having pizza and profits at 10 o'clock at night. It would start at 10, go to like midnight, one, two in the morning. People were out partying. I'm like, not me. I'm in bed by nine o'clock because my alarm's off at 5.30 and I'm at the gym every morning. And I was. And let me tell you, there were 4,000 people on that ship. And how many people do you think were in the gym every morning at 5.30, 6 o'clock? Like 10 of us out of 4,000 people. Right. But I stuck to my habits. I ate clean. I didn't eat a bunch of crap. Everyone's like, you gained 10 pounds on a cruise. I'm like, I lost two pounds on the cruise, you know. I worked. I just loved having that time to just work out. I felt like it was a more relaxed morning getting going. Um, I still had the meetings, and but I wasn't going to stay up late under the peer pressure to where my body didn't feel good and my sleep would have been off. Like you said, we sleep well. We take care of our bodies. That's just, I would say, very small percentage of people do that. I, I'm a black belt. Took me two and a half, almost three years to become a black belt. And I heard that there are 2% of people in the world that are black belts. Why? It's it's just like a process. Like, you know, you start and you go through all of the, and there's a master leading you and you take classes and you get better and better and learn more things and get better and better. And it's just a long, but people quit. There's more people that have quit. Probably 80% of people that started have quit versus those that have actually finished. I think it's human nature for other things to get in the way and, we talk ourselves out of it not being important. God, that's so good. When you talk about fasting, first off, I love fasting. I love uh, water fasting. You you have haters and people look at you like they're blue. And, you're, and you tell them on, hey, on day three and day four, you feel like Superman. And they're like, you're nuts. Like, there's no way I can't do that. It's uh, not healthy. <laughs> it's not healthy. Yeah, well, I can tell you why all the reasons. It is healthy. So, but. Uh, as far as cold plunging goes, you know, it's interesting because one of my best friends who I do it with every single day, 
I have done it for years and I've done it, you know, we started to do it down here at the beach. I would go by myself every single morning and I would invite him. I'd say, hey, come on, I'm going down to the beach. He's like, man, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm just not doing that. And finally, one afternoon he was at my house and I was like, hey, I'm going to the beach, whether you're going with me or not. And he was like, fine, I'll go. Colleen, I tell you, I kid you not, we went out there and it was so cold and we got in that water and he got out of it and he was like, I feel amazing. The next morning he texts me and he said, what time are we going? And he hasn't not texted me since. And it's funny, like you can just, and now, I mean, every day he'll text me like, hey, what time are we going? Hey, what time are we going? And then the other day, it's so funny you brought it up. I brought up water fasting to him and I said, hey, I'm about to do one here very shortly. And he's like, oh man, I can't, you know, I can't do it. You know, I've got X, Y, Z. And I was like, okay, we've been down this path one time with something. Let's go down this other path. And so we'll see if he, if I can get him on that and see if I can get him to change his mind. So, you know, I think that you, I think you, Lane and I, I, I know because people have told me directly and I think they've probably told you this directly too, especially your clients, you become a, an example to them of maybe something they want to become or I want to be able to have those habits or I want to be able to be as comfortable as you or I, you know, in front of people or I, you know, they, they want some of that confidence. And I always say that confidence is something that's created through repetition. It, it you're not born with it. Anyone that says like natural born speaker lies, lies. Uh, all of that is lies. You want to be a great speaker, get trained and become a great speaker. Um, but you have to build that confidence through the actions that you take. These are baby steps that we do for ourselves. If we can't carve out, the miracle morning actually starts with five minutes for yourself, 10 minutes for yourself. If somebody can't carve out 10 minutes, I actually don't want to work with them. They're not my ideal client because you are not going to put the actions in necessary for you to win. Um, I had a client, this is going to be a great story and it's fast. I had a client that never finished anything, didn't ever cross the finish line. I said, great, sign up for the next Run in your area that's one mile, 2K, 3K, I don't care what it is. You can walk the entire thing, but I want you to cross a physical finish line. Every time I've ever ran a marathon, half marathon, 10K, 5K, cross the finish line, I have a, a wellup of emotion. Oh my gosh, I did it. She broke her toe three days before the run. Now, do we all think that that was a coincidence? Jeez. Oh, goodness. That's the show. Well, and, and to that point of finishing something or doing something, feeling good, I've always said, Colleen, like eating healthy, exercising, sleeping, waking up with vigor, going outside, being barefoot, staring at the sun, doing little things. Like there's a reason why? Because, and I hate it. For, I hate when I talk with individuals or coach with people or, or whatnot that they don't know what it feels like to perform at a high level day in and day out. Like they don't, and I'll, we, I'll talk about Disney yesterday. Like yesterday was amazing. Like I spent 14 hours in a park and I'm not tired today. And it's like I, we didn't we didn't eat the food there. Like we we packed our own stuff and we were hydrated. And it was just like I just hate it. Hurts my heart when I when people don't know what it feels like 
to truly perform at a high level because we live in beautifully made bodies that are meant to perform like that. Yeah. And so for you, when you're coaching females, how big of it, I mean, is it all of it that you focus on in the very beginning or is it a little bit about like of performance? Like what's it, what's it, walk the listeners through what it's like working with you and how you deal with stuff like that. Yeah. I'm glad you asked that because the very first question I ask, and sometimes this is just even on a call to meet someone and then all of a sudden they feel this safe space with me and then they start opening up and they always say, I never tell anyone all of this. And it's like, I get that all the time. So feel free to share what you want to share. But really in the first place, I asked them like, what do you want? Like, why are you doing this? What is your goal? What do you want? A lot of them don't even know that burning kind of question. Like, I don't know. I've never really, especially a woman, she doesn't, she's never even thought about what do I want? Because she's so busy making sure her husband's taken care of, the kids are taken care of, you know, grandkids are taken care of, the house is taken care of, her her mom's taken care of, maybe she's taking care of her dad or neighbor. She's helping, you know, organize all of this stuff and maybe a PTSO, whatever's going on, right? All the stuff in, in the schools and in our areas. That's just, when I find that women have all these identities and then they become last. I do remember that, being raised. Like, my mom ate last, I ate last, my family ate first crazy how we we don't put ourselves first and so when I ask them what they want it's really identifying that and that's very emotional usually for a woman to think about you first and not feel like it's selfish to think about you first and what you're what you want for your business once we really decide that sometimes it's I want to be able to have enough money to be independent to make decisions on where I live and who I'm with I want to be able to make an impact right? I want to be able to whatever it is. Then I come down to, okay, so let's talk about how you do that. Let's talk about how you do that. Is that through a service? Is that through a product? Is that, uh, and then we start working. I love to draw up blueprints to create clarity, to really draw out like a map of, and I've told, I've said it before, I'm drawn to numbers. So once I really get them, their goals, what they want, what they love to do. I start putting numbers to it and getting a little clarity for them. And they see that for the first time, Lane. They're like, I really can make the money I want to make. It. It's actually easy. You've got it. It's so easy. This is where the habits come in. Because to do all of that, to have the stamina, to be able to do what they need to do, Day in and day out, we start creating the habits from the beginning. And those that have zero habits, we start small. That might be get up and read two pages in a book or just write uh, 10 gratitudes. I love to start them out with uh, The Magic, the book The Magic. It's 28 days straight of gratitude. For someone who's never done it, it's from Rhonda Byrne. It's amazing because you read a chapter every day and every day you have a different action that you have to take, which... um, lead you to having an immense amount of gratitude for things in your life that you already have. Most of the time when women come to me, they have an idea, they're starting something out new. So they're investing a lot of money. I always say a lot going out, little coming in. That's hard at first for an entrepreneur, right? A lot going out, little coming in. So that that mindset and keeping that mindset. So when you focus on gratitude first, that really helps them look at their lives differently, different perspective. So then we start on the habits. That really starts the gratitude habit. Then we start adding little habits, little bit, little bit. 
um, until they've got a solid morning routine, I call it, a solid morning routine. Um, I don't care how long it is, and I don't care if the person says they have to get up at 7 to start and they don't want to get up at 5 or 6, whatever time you get up, just do your morning routine first. For those that have babies or little kids, they got to get up a little bit earlier. I wish, oh my gosh, Lane, that someone in my life when I had babies said, get up for yourself one hour before your kids and spend an hour for yourself would have changed my life. But I didn't. Everything was based on when the kids got up, what they needed, how I took care of them. And again, nothing was left for me in the end. Um, so I think that's important. That's really what we do to start. And then, it, you know, we just manage the process and measure. I think everything's measurable. And I measure actions. We, I call them lead numbers. We, le- we measure lag numbers, which are going to be your results. So you measure, measure, measure. And I can tell right away, based on measurement, if someone's going to be able to achieve their goal or not. Because they're either measuring uh, 70% or above or they're not. And if they're not, they're not going to achieve their goal. Um, and again, this is their business. Yeah. This is for them, right? So the better we feel, the more energy we create, the more that we're confident, right? Which usually when you get that ball rolling and you're able to start selling and start doing transactions and working with people, your confidence goes up, um, whatever that looks like for what you're doing. Um, it just kind of starts that ball rolling, but that ball doesn't start unless you push it. It doesn't, it doesn't go downhill. Like you get a, I always say the ball, you're pushing the ball uphill for a little while, Man. you know, until you get to the top, then it starts rolling down. Life gets a lot easier. And then you start getting referrals and people start coming to you and you're attracting the right people, but that doesn't start out that way. Right. The hardest but, part of getting a rocket off the ground is the first three to five seconds. The thrust. Right. And right. I think we're in a world lane where this kind of instant celebrity status where videos go viral and they're on TikTok. And before you know it, they have two million views. And oh, my gosh. And that's like their moment of fame for whatever time that is. But they most of them have a moment of fame, but they don't sustain. Right. Because they don't know how to. It's like someone who wins a lottery and then they're in debt more than they were you know, two years later, they they don't have the basic habits yep. um, to sustain that. So if anyone could even just start there, that would get them so much further in their career, so much further in their marriage, uh, being a mom or dad um, as an entrepreneur, just those basic habits. So <laughs> you're a leader, you're a speaker, you're an author. You have a community, female-based. You have passion. You have resilience. I can sit here and, and and hear that. I can hear that. You have books behind you. You read. You win the morning. But I, I really want to know at the core why you do what you do. Why do you wake up in the morning and do what you do and show up every day for your community? You know, um, I wake up every day and show up for my family because I didn't have a family that woke up every day to show up for me. And I wake up every day to show up for my community, whether it be here where I live um, or my community online or the women that I coach. Um, because I didn't have that availability to me at 17 when I moved out of my house. I knew from that moment forward I was leaving a very broken household, a very poor I've been on food stamps since I was 12. 
Um, I knew at that moment I was going to have to financially take care of myself for the rest of my life. And it scarred me really badly, really bad to the point where husband and I laugh about this, but we actually refinanced our house a couple of years ago to pull equity out to buy more real estate. And I put his name on the house. And it was like, this is forever. He's like, oh, now it's forever. <laughs> um, that was a big move for me because I've been so independent uh, my entire life. And I would buy the houses and the cars and everything was in my name. And um, so I do it because I want women to have a choice. I want them to have the financial freedom. And the women I meet on my journey want that too. That's who I attract. They're looking for that. And they want to prove some of them that they can do it. Sometimes it's just proof. I've had women in their 60s and 70s still proving to their parents that are no longer with us that they can do it. it it's something that they carry with them. I have a client right now who is at a point that she financially can support herself and now she has choices. And she is forever just grateful and happy. And now she knows how to do it, right? She knows how to do it. You don't need, I don't need to be training wheels anymore. You're good. You know what to do. You know over and over again what needs to happen now to grow that. It's just learning that basic knowledge. It's like I had to read all of Robert Kiyosaki's books to get financially literate on financial, on, on real estate investing. I've read them all. I've read a, plenty of other real estate books too. I think we need to dive into and get the coaches and get the people that we need when we need them and we're ready to go down that road. And I, it's like now I'm ready to really dive into a lot of the real estate investing that I've been wanting to do because I've spent the time to gain the knowledge and put the people around me. And I have been still constructing those people around me that I think are the best people that are going to take me to that next step yeah. in that process. I love it. And I love asking that question to entrepreneurs and business leaders. And I get to have the, you know, I get to have conversations and I've had almost 500 at some point with all the different types of things that I get to do and understanding and aligning myself with people that have that strong why. You hear it all the time. You hear like, what's your why? What's your why? And I, I it can get overlooked, in my opinion, that people don't truly define it or people don't really understand why they're doing it. But when you when you find someone and you work along someone that has, is either a mentor or someone that you're doing business with, you're a coach with, and they have that strongly desired why, then they're going to help you get to where you want to get. Like, why would you want to work with someone that has no idea and they're just want to collect your money? That's I mean, that that's what happens. And I just I love that how you answered that. I love that your true heart behind it. And I know exactly why you're successful because of everything that we've talked about today. And um, I know if there's someone listening to this right now, if they're a female, how can they contact you? How can they find you? Um, because, I, again, I highly endorse um, everything that you've, you've said on here on the podcast. Oh, thanks, Elaine. And I just want you to know it's ditto back to you. Like, I can tell just from your excitement, your words, um, how you... Uh, talk about your wife and your kids and, you know, your daily habits that you two have, have seen for yourself, what that does in your relationships, in your family life, 
um, and in your business and you're attracting those clients to you hands down, you know, because of the type of person that you are. Um, so it's really easy. I'm ColleenBiggs.net. Don't ask about the .net. We don't know where the other Colleen Biggs is. There's no ColleenBiggs.com out there. She's in hiding or something or won't sell me her website. I don't know. Um, but uh, I've spent a lot of years, and this is why visibility is so important. Um, most people find me from a Google search, and that's crazy. So Colleen Biggs, you can just go look, and I'm like seven pages on Google. You know, Any other Colleen Biggs that used to be there is kind of wiped off. Um, of Google. But anyway, so yeah, ColleenBiggs.net. I would love for people to connect with me on whatever platform works for them. You know, if you're Instagram and love Instagram, like I do, find me on Instagram. Um, it's, it's me kicking. Like I'm, I'm, I had this shoot done where I was like, she said, do something that like makes you feel free. And I just did a front kick from like <laughs> Taekwondo, you know, and I just turned out so great. Uh, I'm going to look that up. I got to look that up now that I'm sitting here. Let's see. I have seen it, though. Hold on a second. It should be Colleen. I think it's Colleen Jane Biggs. It might have my middle name out there. Um, and uh, Facebook, same thing. You know, I brand the back of my Facebook with my family because I use Facebook for friends, family, and business. But I think it's all intertwined as one because we also own two other businesses with two of our other kids. So we intertwine business with kids and it's, and again, for them to build a business that they love. And um, it's it's really, I'm really blessed uh, to be where I am. And I think that level of gratitude I talked about in the beginning, if a listener could just start there um, and having gratitude and writing down for the things you're grateful for around you, it'll change your life in, in an instant. Amen. Well, thank you again for getting on here. I know that you've added a ton of value to me ton of value to the audience it's 44 minutes like every time i look down and we're close to like 30 35 minutes 40 minutes i'm like it goes by so fast it goes by so fast so thank you for your time i honor you thank you guys make sure you go and find her on social media go to instagram i just i i we're friends on there so i've been following you and so now i'm going to pop on the algorithms it's going to pop up and so that works out perfect guys thanks so much for listening colleen thank you for coming on to the show and I'll be thinking about you next year if the Kansas City Chiefs three-peat. Me too. I cannot wait. I'm actually going to get a Chiefs shirt and wear it. I'm not a big, you know, like I don't wear all of that, but I think I'm going to get one. <laughs> Just there, you go. there you go, guys. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Equip Podcast. Before you head out of here, like I say at the ending of every episode, if you could do me a huge favor, go, go on Apple, scroll all the way to the bottom, give us a five-star rating and a five-star review. That will definitely help us out. Make sure you go and follow Colleen on everything, and we will see you next time on the Equipped Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Equipped Podcast. Do me a favor. Go to Apple, scroll all the way to the bottom, give us a five-star rating and a five-star review. Better yet, share this with someone that you think it would add value to. And if you think you would be a good guest on the Equipped Podcast, shoot me an email at lane at goprospect.com that's l-a-n-e at g-o-p-r-o-s-p-e-x dot com until next time see you guys